Hey, everybody. Welcome to Long Story Short, the podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Wendy. And we have a bunch of new listeners to the podcast. So if you are brand new, welcome. Thank you for joining us. We are Megan and Wendy and Long Story Short has been around longer than the year the podcast has been in production. If you want to find out more about us, the best place to do that is at MeganAndWendy.com. That's linked in our show notes, and that's where you'll find all of the detailed show notes that Wendy writes for each one of these episodes. But there's more information about us. There are tons of blog posts on that website. We have something very exciting coming to that website to talk about shortly. But you can also find us on Instagram, which as of the recording of this podcast is down. <laughs> and we are Megan and Wendy LSS. And you can hop into our exclusive Facebook group, which is Long Story Shorties. Also down. <laughs> True. <laughs> Everything Facebook, Instagram is down today. Just listen the to world. some back episodes of the podcast. Yeah, right. We got mm. lots of great entertainment here. You do. I recommend um, episode one if you've never listened. Oh, speaking of episode one, thank you for bringing that up. Aren't we at like past our year mark now on the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we started almost exactly at a year. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm I'm actually really proud of ourselves for 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 showing up every week. I am too, and we are going to hit episode one hundred in November. That's bananas to me. It's now, exciting. if, okay, so let's like work this out a little bit because this particular episode might be episode 45, but we also do a Hallmark episode, a Hallmark review episode that drops on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. So that in combination with this is almost close to 100 episodes. It blows my mind. Isn't that wild? It's super wild. Just mm-hmm. from my closet. Here we are. Here we For a are. whole year. Yeah. Nuts. You can also email us anytime, Wendy at gmail.com. I know we have a ton of Hallmark-related emails, so we'll save those for Thursday. But we did get lots of feedback on Facebook and Instagram about last week's episode, right? Yeah. And a lot of people could particularly relate to that sick feeling you get right before you make a big purchase, even if it's a necessary purchase. A lot of people talked about, we've budgeted for this thing. We've planned for this thing that we're ready to go. And yet pulling the trigger on this car that we need or this home improvement that we need still just leaves us feeling pretty terrible. So on the one hand, it's nice to know we're not alone. On the other hand, I'm really sorry that anybody else feels that way. Well, let me tell you, I've had some mm-hmm. real sleepless nights this last week. You have. this. Is, I updated on Instagram, but if you didn't see it, and we talked a little bit about it last week, but we were, we went from passively looking for a new house to actively looking for a new house and then put an offer on a house, which was accepted after a little bit of counter back and forth. And when we found out it was accepted, we were super excited. Everything was great. And then like in the... 12 hours after that, like just the, that dreadful, sinking, overwhelming feeling set in. Mm-hmm. And we were like, what are we doing? So we pulled out of the contract right before escrow opened, thankfully, or we would have lost money. But yeah, I felt we just were like, what are we doing? Like, it, we don't need to buy a new house. You know, mm-hmm. we it was very much like a want. Sure, there's things that we want from a new house that we don't have in this house, but it comes from like such a place of privilege, you know. So we don't need a new house. And I think we just got like wrapped up in like the idea of new thing, not new things, but like a fresh start. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the shiny and the new and the grass is always greener. And look at this house. And surely our problems from our old house won't follow us here. Because right, our life's exactly. going to be so happy and beautiful. I can 100% relate to that feeling. Exactly. My So my daughter was like, she was really upset. And she was like, this is the only house I've ever known. And then that mm-hmm. kind of like triggered me feeling like, yes, this is where I've raised my family. And also we would have been moving to a completely new city where we have no community. 
Like, I don't know anybody in this city. You know, it's not like it's far from where we live now, but like literally no zero people that live there. So it just it just felt all wrong. And then my husband, on top of that, finally says, like, everything feels daunting. He's like, I'm not excited for anything. So we're like, okay, let's just we're out. We're out. We're done. So we're not going anywhere. We've we just decided to stay here now. And it's a and, lovely home. And I'll water the grass here and make, you know, <laughs> make it nice. It is a lovely home. I think we can all relate to that feeling of wanting a fresh start. And when you walk into these new homes that are beautiful and clean and you just feel like if I just leave all the junk behind, my life mm-hmm. will be better. And maybe it will. There's something to be said for a fresh start. But like you said, watering your own grass, investing in your home now and your life now. Oh, it's we saw on Zillow that it was under contract. So like whoever else, somebody else bought it, you know. Right. But there was right. like no turning back again. So it was definitely gone, long gone, you know. Which is probably a bit of a blessing. Totally. I mean, I felt bad for like the homeowners there a little bit. And I felt bad for our agent who had like invested time and energy into this and then really essentially didn't get paid for it. So I understand that feeling, but you're certainly not the only person who's ever gone looking for a house that didn't end up buying one. Mm -hmm. And you're not the only person who has made an offer on our house and then not followed through. This is what this is what happens in the home buying process. And ultimately, I mean, and you know, you can't make this decision based on guilt. Like, oh, I want my agent to get paid and I want my, you know, the seller to sell a house. Like that's not the decision. Those aren't the deciding factors in your big life decision. Yeah, because if it was, I'd be in a brand new house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Well, and I think there's other things you can do. Agents know that part of their job is to take people to look for houses that may not end up buying a house. Like, that's just what happens sometimes. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, you can refer them to somebody or give them a good review. There's other ways you can pay them back. Oh, I like that. That's a good idea about the review. Well, I did send her a gift card and flowers. So that's very kind of, you know, for a very nice dinner and a very beautiful bouquet of flowers. So that was nice. And I think if she has a Yelp, well, are you there? Yeah. If she has a Yelp, I will write a good review there too. I bet she does. (sighs) All right. So let's talk about your weekend. So this weekend, we went to a college football game. And first of all, I need to complain briefly, but let me let me set the scene. Okay, (laughs) it was a it was a bleacher stadium. And okay, guys, I'm old. I own it. I've been 40 years old since I was 21. And I don't enjoy sitting in a seat without a back. I have no core muscles. There's no joy in that for me, (laughs) particularly for three hours. So automatically, I was going in like a little like, oh, this is this is going to be a rough because the last time I sat in bleachers was in the old Yankee Stadium. I was like six weeks pregnant with my son and in that like prime like starting to feel terrible uh-huh. I, was like, I cannot believe I have to sit on these bleachers and I was also so newly pregnant that I didn't know what I could eat and there was nothing but hot dogs and I was like well I don't think I can eat a hot dog <laughs> I just remember that being a miserable experience so anyway we're in these bleachers but it was fun it's exciting I have something to say about football in a second but um Then the stadium starts to fill up and all of a sudden we had a ton of space around us. We have no space. The seats have filled in. Fine. People have purchased these seats. But what happened is not only are they bleacher seats, when you have a bleacher, there's no clearly defined seat. Nope. So people who are drinking and who are not like I'm hyper aware of the space I take up. So if I feel like I'm bumping into somebody or encroaching on their space, I'm like, oh, 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 that makes me really uncomfortable. Well, Mm -hmm. let me tell you, nobody around us cared that they were encroaching on anybody's space it was not physically possible to sit in your seat without touching people on all four sides of you in front of behind me right and left not possible so you're fully touching people i have some sensory issues so that makes me like on edge to begin with and then like by the by halftime we had half of a seat we didn't have two seats we had half of a seat and we that was it my husband was standing in the aisle because we didn't even have a seat and i just thought do these do you do you not realize that every time you sit down you're sitting in my seat that you're on the end of the row? <laughs> like there's yeah. what is happening? So that was frustrating. That's I, that pisses me off so much. Like it's one thing, it's fine if we're gonna be crammed in here. It is what it is. But it's another thing that 
you're so oblivious to the world around you that you don't realize that we are literally in the aisle. <laughs> and I yeah. and I just it was like it wasn't an easily solvable problem because I couldn't just say that the dude, hey, scoot over because it was like everybody would right. have had to scoot over. And then I'm like, uh-huh. you know me, I'm just like, great, I'm just going to suffer in silence. And yeah. so not in silence because my husband got an earful. The other thing is people stood for 95 percent of the game. And at one point I was like, well, I'm just going to go with it. That's just how it is, because as soon as one person stands up, everybody behind them has to stand up because then you can't see. And I did feel badly because this man got up out of his seat and he was like, I'm 84 years old. What am I supposed? And I felt terrible. And the ushers were like, there's nothing we can actually do. And they offered to move his seat. But I was like, where are you going to take this guy? Because it's a stadium wide issue. I did feel really badly for him because I get it. He does not want to stand for a three hour football game and you can't see the game unless you're standing. Yeah. That said, (laughs) all of that aside, there's some real energy Uh, football in general but college football i mean people the student section which is not where we were but you could see it was bananas the alumni are bananas people that live in the area are bananas like there's a real magic i did not go to a football school we did not have a football team so that was not part of my college experience so that was really fun all of this to say let me bring it back around i know the bare minimum about football Really? I understand, like, you got four tries to move the ball 10 yards. Like, (laughs) I understand what they're called, but I'm just saying, like, I understand the mechanics of the game at a very basic level. I understand how the scoring works. I know the difference between a field goal and an extra point. Like, but these are very basic understandings of how football works. Do you know offsides? I only know offsides in soccer. So <laughs> does it function the same way? I don't know. Totally. Different. And then people around me are like, pick six. And so I'm like on my phone, like Googling, like, what does that mean? <laughs> because I don't know. <laughs> Look, at least I'm trying to understand. I did not grow up in a football house. <laughs> and I find it very overwhelming. Like football's on here every weekend, but it's really overwhelming to watch a game that you don't understand like you it's hard to sit down and in person it's a lot easier to understand what's happening i think than it is on tv sometimes i have decided that i want a better understanding of football i don't know exactly how i'm gonna get that i need to find some sort of football for dummies and I need to sit at the game. And every time they talk about something that I don't understand, I just need to be like, doo, 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 doo. like, what does that mean? Why? Because my husband will answer my questions, but nobody wants to sit through a three-hour football game with someone's like, well, why, why did they do that instead of that? Or why was that penalty called? <laughs> right? Why like, not? That's not true. It, because people want to have a discussion about the game. So if you're asking curious questions like I would think somebody would want to tell you what's happening well then I'm like why is pass interference a penalty because isn't the whole point you're like trying to get the ball you know you see what I'm saying like you're trying to get the ball away from them why can you not because there's certain rules about pass interference you have to you have to be you can't have your back to the ball it's just it's yeah and they have to have a reasonable chance to catch the ball and bring it into their body but like so but these are the questions that I have right So I will ask my husband questions, but I could literally talk nonstop throughout the game. I could ask because I want to understand the why. Why did they do that? How do they know? Like there was a point in the game where it was fourth down and they had like no chance of scoring. So they were going to kick. But I was like, how did they know to send the guy like way back to receive the kick? Like, how do they know that they're sending out? And he was like, well, they got to send the guy back just in case, even if they're like pretending to kick and then they're going to run the ball. They're still going to send like someone back to receive the ball just in case. These are the questions. I like the mechanics. I like to understand why. And football is a complicated game. I mean, the basics are not, but there's a lot going on. Uh, uh, uh (laughs) You have been a football watcher for a long time, but I think you can recognize there's a lot going on. It's not just like, I feel like soccer is a much simpler game than football it's like back and forth up and down the field there's one team and they're on the field the entire time yes players rotate in and out but you're not rotating out offense and defense and special teams and all this other nonsense it's a lot so are you truly interested in it or is it just because you felt lost watching it i'm truly interested 
A, because I like knowing things. I find joy in that. Really? But also... <laughs> Because if we're going to watch football every weekend, I want to know what's going on. And Mm -hmm. so it's interesting to me. I can't enjoy those games because I just find them overwhelming when they're on TV. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times what will happen when you watch it on TV is they're talking about the specifics of the players. And I can't I can't get into that yet. I can't. There's I need to understand the game before I understand the players, particularly because my husband has a team, but he also plays fantasy, so he watches and just likes football All in general. So yeah. he watches lots of games. So yeah. it'd be one thing if he's like, we're just going to watch the 49er game every week, and then I could focus in on like understanding those players. But I cannot focus in on understanding the entire NFL. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I just want to say that I feel a little conflicted about all of this because it makes me a little physically uncomfortable to watch football on TV. I'm like, ooh, concussions. Ooh, like traumatic brain injury. Like, yeah, it makes me nervous. So also the NFL is not like had the greatest track record in terms of their like social awareness. And now you may speak. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there is a concussion protocol. So know that okay i do know that let me really blow your mind there are different rules between college football and professional football too lord Uh just small things just small things like uh, having one foot in bounds versus two feet in bounds oh interesting like when you catch the ball yes i'll see yeah Yeah. also i think new this year there's a whole set of new rules in terms of like overtime i don't specifically know what they are off the top of my head but i think there's new rules in professional football regarding overtime so interesting you know i understand what you mean about football when i started dating my now husband he is a huge football fan he Mm -hmm. did go to a football college it's Mm -hmm. very much ingrained in their family tradition and i thought well you know I should probably like learn football, right? And so I, I the way that I learned it was just going to the games and asking questions. Just just the same as you are right now. So that's all you got to do. But I bet you, I bet you there's probably a TikTok specific to what you want to learn. So you should probably look and see if there is like a f- football for dummies TikTok. That's really smart. And if there's not, someone should get on that because it would blow up right now. Well, you should do that. No, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, that would be funny about it. I don't know. Anyway. TikTok for dummies, buy a dummy. (laughs) (sighs) That is my football resolution for the season. I can tell you, you can never wear that hat in our house either. So Megan sent me a really cute picture of her and a really cute hat. But it's from a college that my husband would like to see burnt to the ground. So (laughs) you're not allowed. I would like to say that I have been a fan of that school since my youth. Because (laughs) why? Because of Rudy. (laughs) A football movie. About an actual person. I don't. I think it's based but on a true story. I don't know. It I've is never based on it. a true story. Of course, it's based on a true story. Anyway, let's move on. I have no idea what this next note on our list means. Well, this morning when uh, Facebook was working, I was scrolling, scrolling, and I saw a reel that was like served up to me, and it was mm-hmm. called "Dad's Got Moves." Well, then I went to its TikTok and. They have a bazillion followers, millions and millions of followers. Uh-huh. And it's basically like this, like, adult daughter films her dad dancing in the kitchen. And it's okay. effing hilarious. I don't know why I got sucked in hardcore on it. Hardcore. 159,000 followers. Oh, not millions? <laughs> I thought it was millions. No, he has 1.3 million likes. Oh, okay. Well... There's just something very joyful about him. And I was like, this guy knows how to get, like, the party started at the wedding. He's the first guy out there on the dance floor. And there's a couple videos with him and his wife. And I'm like, whoa, the chemistry between these two, like, they're a good time, you know? I think that's fun. Are you a TikTok convert? Well, I... I did. I looked on my daughter's account. <laughs> I didn't actually start an account for myself, but we have a Megan and Wendy account. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't did I create that or did you? Yeah, you did. You did. Oh, so I don't even know the password <laughs> to it. 
yeah, I don't know. But anyway, it's so it's so fun just to watch this. Like, and it's hokey. Like, it's not like great, but this guy knows how to have a good time. So that's fun. I like that. I just thought it was so like some, fun. I like a good old fashioned good time. Right? Speaking of a good time, you took a page out of my holiday playbook recently. I certainly did. I got wrapped up. I don't even... Why did I even order it? I don't know. Okay, you need to say the name because I I will butcher it. Wendy ordered the Bon Maman Jam Advent Calendar 25 Days of Jam. I'm have so you, excited. Have you cracked into it yet? No, it's still sealed up in its cellophane. Okay. Because when it arrived, I was like showing it off to my family. Yeah. I was like, yeah. look what I got. You guys don't have it. I was so excited. And I was like, I kind of want to open it. And my husband was like, <gasps> you cannot open oh, it. Oh, he's an advent calendar purist. He's just a Christmas purist. So, you okay. know, like he's like, no, you got to save uh, that. And and I will say, like, he's kind of right. Like, I'm, I look forward to it every yes. single day. I see the anticipation is fun, right? <laughs> yes. And I told them, I go, you guys need to find your own advent calendar that you want to get so we can order them now and all yes. participate in this. Yes, I love it. If you're new to Long Story Short, the brand, or if you just haven't been paying attention, I love an advent calendar so much. They bring me so much joy and it is the anticipation 99%. I had the Bon Maman calendar last year. I also had the Sugarfina gummies calendar. I don't have an advent calendar this year and I don't know what I want. I feel overwhelmed. We also do a family advent calendar, which has six days that we do fun gifts in there. And then my mom does an advent calendar for each of the kids. So it's advent calendar bonkers over here. I need to make a decision soon because the good ones do sell out. Well, that's what somebody said. That's why I ordered it now. Well, I ordered it, will it in sell September. Out. It took like two weeks to get here too, which was really weird. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say it's available on Amazon. I bought it directly from their website. I don't know. I don't. Why is it available on Amazon too? Is that why? a reseller? No, I bought mine from Amazon last year. Oh, did you? Is it more money on Amazon? I think it was $45. Does that uh, sound like what you paid? I don't. Honestly, I don't know. It's always like I just made that number up. I don't actually I remember. It was a uh, question, though. Did you make it through all of the jams? In terms of eating them? No. Yeah. A couple of them I didn't enjoy. Ooh. But I did make it through the vast majority of them. I made it a point. Like, I had good bread on hand. And I was like, I'm having toast with jam this morning. Mm. And, okay. you know, it's winter, so it's nice to have a little toast with jam with your Hot coffee. Tips. And they're yeah. small. Or your tea. They're small. So you could easily use one whole jar like with one breakfast although sometimes i would split it up or i would share them with my kids clearly well i had read the um flavors like you know they list the flavors on the back and some of them i was like "Mm, i don't know i don't know about Mm. this one Mm -hmm. and i may taste it but then i may throw it away so (laughs) yeah there were a couple that didn't do it for me i'm very excited so excited do you know what i'm excited about what's that uh gift guides (sighs) i only say that because i know how much work goes into them but yes so we don't drop one gift guide last year i believe we had 18 and the way it works is our gift guides are done by category so we've got gift guides for teens and for grandparents and for the at-home baker and for people who like to putter in their garden we have stocking stuffers there's a couple that we're retiring and that we'll be replacing uh, this year, and we will be replacing all of the items on the previous year's gift guides with brand new items. Last year, we did a hidden giveaway inside our gift guides, and we're going to be doing that again this year. But as a bonus to podcast subscribers, when these gift guides drop, we will be giving you a special podcast bonus word that you can earn an extra entry, and the winner of that second prize will be someone from directly from the podcast. So we'll have some fun podcast surprise prizes Yay, when I'm the gift guides drop. So excited about that. All right, guys. It's October 4th and we're full Christmas over here. <laughs> hey, the supply chain is disrupted. We have to start early. Everybody says you better start shopping now. So yes, we're going to start now. Yeah, there we are. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back and we're going to talk about teens and tech. And I'm cringing as I say that. (laughs) 
All right, friends, we are back. And this week, as the moms of teens, and I also have a tween in the house, we wanted to talk about teens and tech, which is a very sticky issue. I would agree. (laughs) So let's set the scene. I have a 14-year-old son and an 11-year-old daughter. And I have a 13-year-old daughter who has had a phone since she was 10. So let me just say that. Okay. And we, my 11-year-old does not have a phone. And my 14-year-old got his phone last year in eighth grade. So that's the... That's the baseline of where we are. My 11-year-old does have an iPad that she, in the pandemic, was allowed to start messaging her friends, but she doesn't have a phone. And I recognize that, like, we're walking a fine line between is there a difference. I would like to first start by saying I have many moments in which I would just like to throw my son's phone into the street and run it over with my car. (laughs) Can you relate? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So... Let's talk about the ways in which tech can be kind of terrible before we talk about ways to bring it back around. All right. Go ahead. Well, I think access to phones, and this is not so much technology specific. We're not, this this is phone for me. Friend issues can be really exacerbated. I would absolutely agree with that. And especially, I'm, I'm going to say, especially with a daughter. But I'm curious to hear what the friend issues are in terms of your son. Like, I'm just curious, is it the same between boys and girls? I don't I don't know that it is. The issues that I see, it's more that, one, kids are not necessarily great communicators to begin with. And then that kind of falls apart a bit in writing, particularly on a small screen where they're you know, not having full conversations. Where they're like um, basically using shorthand to communicate yes. with each other. Yeah. And they don't have the benefit of facial expression and body language, which is true of texting with any age. But I do think, you know, when you get to a certain age, you start to understand how to mitigate that a little bit, or you start mm-hmm. to understand the importance of tone in that. And I think... The other issue that I see is that kids feel emboldened to say things via text that they might not say in person. And so, and the last thing I will say about that is that as much as we talk about the permanence of the internet, the permanence of anything you put into your phone, whether you delete it, nothing goes away. (laughs) Screenshots are your enemy. I don't think that I know that they do not have the developed brain to fully understand what the consequence of that means. That this fired off response can come back to them in a way that it wouldn't come back to them in a spoken conversation. Sure. That it can blow up in ways. So that's issue number one for me. I would say that the biggest thing that I tend to manage with my own daughter is she seeing stuff on social media where she is being left out. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get it. People have lives. Not everyone can be invited to everything. Like, that's the message that I keep trying to tell her, right? Mm-hmm. I am impressed that part of her she she'll be like whatever i don't care like she has this like i don't care attitude whereas like me that's like you know punch to the gut like i when i was her age would not have ever been able to handle something seeing visual proof of something going on and me being you know either left out or not told about it or whatever and honestly like i'm almost well, i am triggered as an adult when I see this stuff on social media too, when I see stuff from her friends, because I on Instagram will like follow her friends and they'll follow me back. Mm-hmm. And I started that this year and I and I quickly decided like that was a terrible idea. I removed them as followers on my end because I was like, I don't always like totally post the most appropriate things that like, you know, like a 13 year old doesn't need to see, right? But also I don't want to see their, like, big elaborate birthday parties that my daughter didn't get invited to. Oh, yeah. So that, you know, and that make, that triggers all this, like, well, what's wrong with my kid? And then, and, then, and I turn into this, like, lifetime movie mom where, like, I want to, you know, burn their house down or whatever. So <laughs> I, 
I, for legal reasons, that is a joke. <laughs> totally a joke. <laughs> but yes, like I, you know, so I like unfollowed all these people. I don't need to see them. They don't need to see me. But part of me is like, well, I do want to see what my kids' friends are doing, you know? Like, are they being appropriate? Are they not? Do Is this a fake Instagram? Is it not? Oh. I don't know. So, yeah. Seeing the stuff happening around them the social media stuff and being left out is 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 hard but i saw your note further down and it says it's like whack-a-mole and and i'm gonna say it's the same thing because if it's not instagram it's snapchat if it's not snapchat it's tiktok if it's not tiktok it's discord or visco or what there's a bazillion platforms these kids are on and can Mm -hmm. see what they're doing so if like you're just like Oh, you're not allowed to be on Instagram. Well, they're going to be seeing it on somewhere else if if they're allowed to be on those apps, you know? Yes. So my kids don't have social media. So and I think maybe it helps. Maybe like my son does not care. He does not ask for Instagram. He would just rather be on video games. He wants to be able to like talk to his friends, which they do on Discord, which Discord I hate. It's a freaking nightmare in terms of parental controls. And then he wants to play video games. Like that's his <laughs> that's a whole other issue for me. And like watch YouTube. Those are his like three big desires. So we have different struggles in that regard. But it is it's the same thing. It's like you know, kids are more technologically savvy than we are. The reality mm-hmm. is, I mean, that kid can figure out a way around anything. And so it feels like constantly like, OK, I feel like I've got a handle on what they're in now. And then all of a sudden, you know, I see they're using, like you said, another platform, another way to access these things. So it's a little bit exhausting managing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that those are the moments where I'm like, I just I just want it to go away. I just want it to go away. And I want this to not be my problem. OK, so question is he is he taking advantage of the time that you guys allow on it or or is he like seeking out things that are like inappropriate? And then that's what's hard to manage. It's not. So, so far, it's not really inappropriate content. It's just he. And let me say this. I am not the model of healthy screen time limits. <laughs> so if I say not as I do situation, it becomes very much a do as I say, not as I do situation. And I uh, recognize that. I don't necessarily have a solution for it. I have talked, we've both talked about maybe trying to get our screen time in better check and have better boundaries for ourselves, but that's a different conversation for a different day. My son likes technology. He likes to be on a screen. And I don't think that's particularly unique. That's a lot of kids. And my husband and I have certain feelings about the amount of that that is appropriate. So my biggest struggle, my our biggest struggle is managing the amount of time. And I've seen hundreds of different thoughts on the right way to do this. And I've seen people say, like, let them let them self-regulate. I'm sorry. I don't think every kid has the ability to self-regulate. And we see a noticeable change in the behavior of our kid when there's been an excess. And I see a noticeable behavior in myself when I spend too much time. I don't feel good. And I know Mm -hmm. it makes me more anxious and it makes me crabbier. So our biggest issue is simply managing the amount of time that he spends interacting with a screen over the course of a day. Okay. That's our biggest issue. Okay. I'm, I'm, I know you're probably not looking forward to it, but I'm like really looking forward to it when your daughter comes into this, when this age and Mm -hmm. how different those, like how that's going to be. Yeah. And that's already something that we deal with because you know, her friends have different access. And so it's a definitely it's a different push from her than it is from him. Like the things that they want are very different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now have you guys encountered any kind of bullying? We have not yet, although I want to talk a little bit about like how much privacy you think your kid deserves on their phone, because 
I find this to be such a hard line to walk because I want him to have some sense of like his own space. At the same time, I feel like it's my job to be aware of what's happening because it's really surprising to me how little this kid that I like a lot tells me, (laughs) right? Like, I think we have a good relationship, but I don't get a lot of details. And so while I don't think I'm necessarily deserving of all of those details, I do think that, you know, they're not five years old. Their interactions with their friends aren't happening under our nose. And I think I need to have some awareness of what's going on. And so I think it's a really fine line to walk in terms of seeing the interactions that they're having. I don't enjoy it at all. I don't like scrolling through texts or scrolling through Discord conversations. I really hate that, actually. You hate it because why? Well, the conversations aren't meant for me. And the way kids talk to each other. So to your bullying point, we're not experiencing bullying, but kids are not my experience, they're not inherently kind to each other. Just the way Uh they talk to each other, even to their friends, even people that I think these people like each other as they're having this conversation, they're just not necessarily nice. Like that's their social collateral is kind of being a dick all the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. And I don't see it through the lens of being a 14-year-old. I see it through the lens of being a mom. And I'm like, well, look, I don't want you being talked to that way. And I don't want you talking to people that way. And that's that's a hard line for me to walk. So is that a constant conversation in your house then? Like, he knows that you read his texts in Discord, right? Yeah, and hates it. And then pulls the, none of my friend's parents look at their phones. I can guarantee you. He's like, my friend's don't have those on their phones. And I was like, well, maybe some of them don't, but I can guarantee you the majority of them, I'm not the only one using them. Right. And and really, like, is that a conversation that 14-year-olds are having? Like, hey, do you have Bark on your phone? You know what I, I mean? Know. I know. <laughs> I really doubt it. Well, when I put Life360 on his phone, which for anyone who's unfamiliar is a location tracking app that has some other capabilities, but it's biggest uses for location tracking he felt super violated and i was like hey this is part of our deal you want a phone this is going to be on your phone the end you don't want a phone fine give it back and (laughs) you don't have to have that i feel like that should be like a non-negotiated point like i want to know where you're where you're at period end of story (laughs) you know yeah i mean yeah i certainly know when i was 14 i was probably in places i shouldn't have been and or i certainly was places that like my parents didn't know I was at, you know? So I, yeah, I'm way down for Life360. I want to know where you're at. Well, let me tell you a story. Please. Recently, and this is going to, this, this is like an offshoot of bullying. I got a text from a fellow parent at school about a rumored TikTok video that my daughter might have made about another student, in mm-hmm. particular, her child. And sh- the mom was like, can you look into it? If it exists, I want it to stop. Well, my reaction was, yes, absolutely. Let me look into it. Because if my kid is making like a bullying type video, like heads are going to roll. You know what right. I mean? I feel like uh, in our house, we we do give her access to these things. And she needs to be responsible about the kind of content she creates on TikTok or Snapchat or whatever. And when she has past that line there are consequences so i got this text it was like a friday afternoon i i go downstairs and i'm i say turn over your phone like i basically ambushed her i didn't want to like you know t you know tip her off on like what i was looking for or whatever Mm -hmm. and then i just started going through her account and once i didn't find anything then i told her what was up well It turns out this was just a rumor. Like, this video did not exist. Certainly nothing that I found. But what I did find is that she and her, some girlfriends from school have a shared TikTok account. So they all, like, it's like, I don't know, a handful of them all have access to this account, right? Mm -hmm. And I will say, like, there was some content on there that 
did not make me happy. I wouldn't consider it bullying. I would consider it like inappropriate reactions to things. Mm-hmm. Particularly, there was a student council election and they were reacting to who won. Would you consider that bullying? I I think it's all in the specifics. So, yeah, bottom line was I was not happy with it and there were consequences to those videos that were made in that account that she was belonged to. So, I mean, I will say it's it's really, really hard to manage. And especially when, like, you have another parent. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this parent. Like, now I'm, like, fully embarrassed that this other parent thinks that, like, my child is out of control on social media. And, like, how does that reflect on me as my parenting skills and what I allow and don't allow and so forth so it was not the greatest and we have since then had like conversations about like her involvement in these like group you know accounts and and I have other issues with those kind of group accounts that we'll get to in a minute but yeah I mean it's I wish I had the right answer but but I don't I'm just trying to I'm figuring it out as we go to because like there was no social media when we were growing up Mm -hmm. and there is no like clear answer on what we should how we should handle it other than like yes you have it or no you don't right well I will say that as a parent it's like the it's really there's so many ways for these kids to hide information from us Mm -hmm. and so I always felt like I was pretty well informed about my kids lives until they had these devices and now I feel like There's just so many opportunities for them to have all this information I don't necessarily know, even with the oversight that I do have. And so I think for me personally, that's hard. And I I can absolutely see how these situations get out of hand because they happen kind of in silence. It's really easy for them to happen without parents really knowing what's going on because they're happening on a screen, because they're not happening in person, because you know, they can do it without making a sound in some ways. Right. So a lot of this is just to say that this part of parenting is hard. It's hard. It is hard. hard. I I hate it. (laughs) In terms of like time spent on a phone, do you, or on a screen or on a device, do you have any, like, is that a concern? Like the time piece for you, is that something you care about? Yeah, um, it is because I do, like you said, can see a change in her when she is like sucked in on something or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. especially during summertime, like when there's no schedule and she's just like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and like it just drains the life out of her a little bit. Can get real moody and crabby. And like you said, I get the same way. So Mm -hmm. I understand it. I don't think she's aware enough to understand like what's affecting her mood. You know what I mean? So there's often times where we're like done, put it away. It goes away, whatever. But in terms of like daily time limits, yes, we have, she has no access to it until 7 a.m. in the morning. And I think 10 p.m. at night, it, it, my husband has something set up where like, she has, like, no access to anything on it. We don't, like, make her put it in our room or anything like that because she simply does not – it doesn't work, basically, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I I definitely try to access her, her time but try to keep it – it's a balance. It's a balance, really. I don't know what the right amount of time is because if you look at mine, it will say I spent 10 hours on my phone yesterday. So, like – I'm not a great model, so I don't know what the right amount of time is for and a 14-year-old. I don't either. And we, both my kids had doctor physicals over the summer and at separate times. And both times the pediatrician said, you know, and I think they're hyper aware of this right now coming out of 2020 because our screen usage, I would imagine, is up as a whole. She said, you know, we really want to focus on limiting that to two hours a day. And it's... You know, for me, not all screen time is created equal. Screen time doing schoolwork is not the same as screen time watching TV is not the same as screen time watching YouTube is not the same as scrolling social media is not the same as playing a video game. Like those, for me, 
my body reacts differently. My kids react differently. I don't count their school screen time as part of, you know, how is one mm-hmm. virtuous and one not. Right. Same thing as I don't count time that I spend editing a podcast as my own personal screen time. My son and I think many of our kids are are very much the my friends don't. My friends don't. My friends don't. My friends have more time than I have. My friends don't have the limits I have. And that's entirely possible. We I'm sure we are more strict than some of his friends. But you know, I think it's just got to be trial and error and what works for your kid. I don't like feeling like oh you're missing out socially because that is the way the large majority of his friend group interacts is online mm-hmm. playing video games. Oh, and so yeah. that's such a hard thing. It's like, you know, I'd love you to go out and do something in person, but if they're all online playing video games and we're like, sorry, dude, like you need to take a break. So uh, is that when they're playing video games, because video games are not a thing for us in our house. Right. Uh, is that with like the headphones and they're communicating like they can hear each other talk while they're playing the game? Yes. Now, is there conversation outside of the game happening? Yes, but it's th- there is, but most of it seems to be like game focused, but they're uh-huh. having a conversation. There's a It's not like you come home from school and you're on playing games from four to midnight or whatever. Yeah, 0%. We don't even let them start until 7 p.m. So Uh there's no, like, it's kind of like, okay, you have this forced downtime to do homework and have dinner with your family and to shower. I mean, how long do you guys give them? I'm just curious. Like two hours. Okay. I mean, that's like watching TV for two hours. Is it not? I mean, it feels reasonable to us, but I will tell you, it doesn't feel reasonable to him. And then he's like, I have such an early bedtime. And what we tell him over and over is that's not your bedtime. You know, at 9, 930, when we ask you to get off the screen, that's not your bedtime. Uh But if you can't think of anything to do that's not on a screen... Well, then maybe it is. Right? Yeah, fully. And you could read a book. You could do a puzzle. I don't know. <laughs> but right? you don't have to be asleep. But he'll tell everybody, my bedtime's 930. No, it's not. It isn't. I don't, you don't have to go to bed. Find something else to do that's yeah. not, you know, connected to something. Even if, like, like so my daughter will, like, she's watching Gilmore Girls right now, uh-huh. which makes me, like, so happy. Yeah. But, like, she'll throw that on, and she's very much into making bracelets right now. So she's doing a hobby, but then, like, being entertained by, like, a TV show at the same mm-hmm, time. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that feels okay to me. I mean, she, yes, there is, like, a screen running in her, you know area but like she's not like zeroed in on something and that's just it so that makes me feel okay you know she's not like actively chatting with somebody or actively you know scrolling doom scrolling or whatever totally and you know tv in our house feels different to me than like video game or device time in their room we watch a lot of like shows or movies as a family and i don't like count that towards their screen time necessarily and look i will admit like it's not a perfect system and sometimes we're freer than others and sometimes we're like you guys gotta like get off that screen take a break and we gotta go outside and you know i were that parent like go outside and do something (laughs) like let's go for a walk well like so in terms of like our schedule you know my daughter's well she's at school every day like everybody else's kid but on top of that she has sports several nights a week. She has youth group one night a week. She's very busy outside of the home, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when she wants some downtime, it may be a mix of like hanging out with mom and dad or, you know, checking out what's going on on social media. And we as parents feel comfortable with that because she's so busy otherwise, Right. But if she didn't have any kind of extracurriculars going on and was... Sorry. Are you, are you okay? <laughs> Something fell. Okay. If she didn't have any other extracurriculars going on and was just coming home and, like, trying to, like, I don't know, be engaged in her screen for the next six hours, no, that's 0% happening. Not happening. Yeah. Totally no. hear you. No. Okay. So let's talk real quickly specific rules you have in your house, specifically on cell phone usage. Hang on. Okay, so for specific rules in our house, there's time limits for overall usage, right? Like I said, she doesn't have uh-huh. access between 
certain certain hours. She has limited time on certain apps, like for TikTok specifically, because that's her favorite go-to app. She only has one hour a day. Mm -hmm. So of that one hour, she needs to figure out, am I going to spend it looking at videos or am I going to make videos in an hour? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, that's it. And there will... There comes a time where she says, like, can I have, you know, another extra hour or whatever, especially if it's like a weekend and they have she has friends over and they're like making videos because that's what girls do. We will maybe allow that, but not always. In addition to that, we have like parent, like parental access to all of her apps and passwords, like Mm -hmm. all of it. Her accounts are to be private, every single one of them. Like, Mm -hmm. well, I take that back. She has like a business account, which is private, but she doesn't ever show her face on it. So, which is um, public. The business account is public. The business account is public and that's on Instagram. But everything else is, is required to be private. And then finally, the other thing is like no group accounts with friends because like I said earlier, I just, it just gets messy. Mm -hmm. And if you have falling outs with friends and you have access to the same accounts, it just gets real, real, real messy. So that's a hard line in our house. Yeah, we're very similar. We have time limits. And for anybody wondering, for time limits, I use Apple's built-in screen time just by adding my kids to our iCloud account with their own passwords. That's what we use, too. Yeah, and that's a really nice free. There's not a lot of free ways to manage their screen time, especially on Apple devices. But that one has a lot of functionality and you can limit apps. And I actually have my kids both set that I have to approve all apps that they download. And I'm pretty quick to approve anything that is appropriate. But it's just one way that I'm kind of slowing the like fire hose of information coming in. And it's really easy to approve. I get a notification on my phone. And so when my son was starting high school and he needed a couple of school specific apps, I mean, he would tap the request and I was approving it right away. It's not like it's hindering his ability to do what he needs to do on that phone. Uh And then we do have all devices turned into our room at night. And I will say that that is an extra burden on my husband and I to sometimes remind them they know they're supposed to. And often, you know, they walk in with their devices after screen time. But sometimes I have to say like all devices in my room. And it's honestly embarrassing because how many devices we have because my son bringing his laptop and his phone and his switch which charges in his room and sometimes his school chromebook i'm like everything out because we do have time limits set on those things but sometimes it's just easier like out of sight out of mind and then i don't even have to think about their ability to (laughs) hack past our time limits but again that is work on our part and that's just i just want them going to sleep i know the allure of like oh opening up your phone when you wake up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden you're two hours deep into some mindless activity dad's dancing on tiktok (laughs) exactly exactly and we also have time limits set on certain apps i set them during the school day as well because i don't necessarily want you playing video games on your break like okay you have 10 minutes do you really need to be tapping into that are they allowed to take their phones out at school yes shockingly so in the middle school like you are not allowed to touch your phone basically like from the time school starts till the time school ends do not touch your phone at the high school all bets are off so these kids have their phones out all day long, which is frustrating to me. So then, because I was so used to the middle school, like he, I, he never touched it. I could see in his usage, he didn't use his phone during the six hours he was at school. Yeah. High school, they have access. So then I had to go in and set like, hey, this is what I don't want you doing during school. Use that time wisely. Wow, that's crazy. So that's a high school bummer for me. Mm-hmm. Prior to giving your daughter a phone, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it for the audience. Did you do a phone contract? Well, yeah, you know the answer because I la- I sent a laugh emoji to exactly. the question. Yes, we did do a contract when we first gave her oh, you a did. phone. Yeah, we did. And had her sign it and talk about the importance of it and blah, 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 blah. But like, honestly... My kid, like, whatever. Like, she's, like, out of sight, out of mind. Like, she's mm-hmm, not going to mm-hmm. be held to some some contract. I mean, I don't know if... I don't know if she thinks she, like, knows better. I don't think she, she thinks that. But, like... Yeah. I mean, I just think they're... They don't hold any authority. 
Yeah. So we didn't do one actually. And we'll leave a link to one in the show notes, a sample one, if this is something you want to do. But we had done a lot of talking about our expectations. And the reality is, if at any point I feel like he's abusing his right to have a phone, I'm taking it. Contract or no. Yeah. Right? That phone. And one thing we were really clear about is that belongs to me. All of your devices belong to me. We let you use them. <laughs> and that's a privilege. But they, it is a privilege. You do not have a right to have a phone as a 14-year-old and as convenient as is for me for you to have one, you know, that is a privilege that we've given to you. And so just like any other privilege, there are consequences if you abuse your freedom. And so I do think that is, you know, that's really more my take on that. The contract can be nice so that kids are aware of their expectations, but we made it pretty clear what we expected in terms of phone use. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is like, especially as she's gotten older, when she was younger, like it was easier to manage. But now as she's gotten older, I think my husband and I both have the mindset of like, well, look, we're going to give you a little rope and mm-hmm. see what you do with it. And mm-hmm. then if you mess up, hey, those are the consequences. Like, like you said, like the phone is mine or I'm going to take away the phone contract or not, you know, whatever. And I get to change the rules anytime I feel like changing the rules. You know, yes. if I feel like I don't think you should be on your phone till 10 o'clock, hey, that's how I feel today and I'm going to change it. So, but giving her like a little bit of space to like figure it out on her own, then kind of like, f- you know, frees up the burden on us of trying to like, oh, like maybe like over manage or like, I can't take that stress. Like I, like you said, like, I don't want to read texts every day. I don't want to read Discord chats or look through her Snapchat or whatever. I just don't want to do it. So here I am. I am, like, trusting her to to make the right decisions. And I know she won't. And then those are con- there's consequences to that. Period. Yeah. And then there's, you know, apps that kind of meet you halfway, like Bark, which I know we both use, and that while not perfect, we'll certainly flag some of things that maybe we need to take a deeper look into. We also use the Disney Circle at home, particularly during like distance learning, but it allows us to lock down certain websites and things like Chromebooks and their laptops. So if, you know, I can give them access while they're doing homework, but they're not tapping into YouTube or whatever else they're not supposed to be on, so they can focus more on what they need to be doing. But both of those do have a subscription. And I feel like you can get so deep down this rabbit hole of like, I'm spending all this money just to manage their time. Right, right. I kind of refuse to do that, to be honest. Like, I I used to have Bark. Well, we actually, I think she still has. Well, honestly, I don't think she does because we don't pay for it. Um, But I didn't. I would get notifications that, she subscribes to a YouTube video that may be using inappropriate language. And so then I would go look at it and it, in my, what's my, what I'm comfortable with wasn't considered inappropriate. So then there was just like back and forth all the time. So while I thought Bark might've been like a great, uh, great solution for us, it, it really wasn't. And for me, I'm more of like the, yeah, I want the (laughs) over-reporting. I like the details. Um, And it was interesting, like recently, my son gets a lot of spam text messages. Uh, So do I. (laughs) Um, More than I get. And like he had clicked on one and it was like I got an immediate bark notification. And it was funny because I thought like we had you know, had this conversation, but it was like, okay, we got to go back and don't click on links from people you don't know. Don't like, they're good at making this sound like this is something you need to know about. I think that's the last point is I think our kids now are growing up in a world where they are more aware of like cyber safety tactics. This is a thing that they're teaching in school. Right. But it is a good conversation to have. The internet is like a big wide world and, you know, kids are easily influenced and things happen and everyone says like, not my kid, but I think, yeah, your kid. Google has a initiative called the Be Internet Awesome Initiative, which kind of walks them through. And it's fairly basic, but it's good reminders of safe internet behavior, yeah, both as a consumer and as a creator. I, are you there still? Yeah. Okay. I just thought you were about to say something. Here's my biggest fear. Like, do I think she 
is going to make poor decisions when it comes to social media. Yes. My biggest fear, though, is like some creeper on the mm-hmm. internet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. trying to get access to her. And mm-hmm. those that's what keeps me up at night. I'm worried about those things. Because I think, honestly, in terms of like, is she going to watch something that's inappropriate? Or is she going to get sucked down some rabbit hole? Or is she going to make bad choices in terms of like videos she watches or creates or whatever. Yes, those things are going to happen. People make mistakes. I can't control her every move in in that case. But what I want to control is like who has access to her. Mhm. You know, that's that's what I really worried about. Yeah, their actual physical safety. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mental well-being. Yes, I agree right. with all of that. Right. Okay. Well, as always, we do not claim to have all of the answers. This is just a conversation between two moms about what we do and our concerns. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And if you have some mind-blowing way to handle this or a mindset, we would love to hear it. Megan and Wendy at gmail.com. And guys, we're going to come back and talk about Megan and Wendy approved. We're back with Megan and Wendy approved. And I have very exciting news. I don't think I've announced this yet here on the podcast, but I have a laundry room again. Oh, (laughs) I can do laundry. And we had a brief moment where it looked like, well, not looked like it. There was an additional small leak, but it was handled immediately. I do believe we are leak free. We are in business. My new washing machine plays me a song whenever it finishes. I think it's actually a little excessive. Everyone else Uh. like. Mine does that too. (laughs) Mine does that too. Funny quick story. When we got our new washer and dryer, which was probably five years ago, it does the same thing. It plays a little tune when Mm -hmm. it's done. Mm -hmm. And my daughter would go, Mom, the laundry's done. And I was like, Yeah, I can hear. Like, I don't need (laughs) you to tell me what I already just heard. You don't need to sing along with the song. (laughs) No. So anyway, I know in our house, everyone's like, oh, it's so long. It is kind of a long song, but my laundry before would chime. But now Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you cannot ignore us if we play this 20 second tune. Come move the laundry so it doesn't get musty. Stinky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Speaking, speaking. Oh, this is where this is headed, isn't it? Okay, go ahead. Yes, I had a vision here. So my approved item this week is... The OxyClean Odor Blasters Powder. I had some stinky towels. It happens. They were clean. We wash them regularly. Just towels, they can hold in that stink. And I, I had tried lots of things. I had tried vinegar. It wasn't effective. I had tried just like blasting them with hot water. I had tried the downy unstoppables, which mask the odor, but they don't get rid of it. So I bought the OxyClean odor blasters and the first load I did, I used the pre-soak on my washing machine. So I let it just really sit in there. And then now I just use a little bit of a scoop every time. And I'm telling you, it actually did blast the odor out of my towels. (laughs) Is it it like in the regular kind of OxyClean container? It's in a, like a tub, like a a lid. Yeah. 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 I'll have to check this out. It was a impulse buy at Home Depot of all places. I happened to be there and I uh, thought, oh, and this was the day our washer was coming. And I was like, I really want, like, this is going to be the day. Not only am I going to do laundry, but my towels are going to smell fresh. And I will tell you, they don't smell like anything unless you add like a scent additive. They just smell clean, which is fine. They're just neutral. I don't find that they come out smelling like detergent, which is fine. I just want them to not stink. Not have that musty gross Uh, isn't that the worst when you think you have the clean towel and then like you go to dry your face and then you smell it like i just washed this but it stinks it grosses me out so much mine is totally a little bit different i think i purchased this product mid-pandemic because i wasn't going to the hair salon it's the l'oreal magic root cover-up it's a temporary gray concealer spray now what i use it for when I get real close to the time that I need to go in to get my roots done, which uh-huh. is tomorrow, FYI, oh. I get a little bit more like gray around the 
temple area. Uh-huh. And I have very fine, thin hair as it is. So it just makes it look like I have nothing there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not totally covering up the grays because, like, whatever. I don't care. I'm going to get them done in the salon, like, in the next few days. But this just adds, like, a little bit of depth to my hairline. It doesn't look so, so, I would say receding. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't look so, like, thin around the hairline. So it just gets, I mean, you could create the same, like, kind of, like, thing with, like, a, you know, a darker powder, you know, makeup powder or whatever. But this is just easy to shoot it on there and then. And it's blonde? It's a dark blonde so okay. it's pretty dang close to like my hair color as it is uh-huh. um i mean i bought this like mid 2020 it the bottle is small it's only 20 no 2.0 ounces it's small i still have it like that's how little i use of it but uh-huh. it's just a nice little like just makes me feel more confident there it is yeah that's I that's like all it. it is. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Long Story Short, the podcast. Don't forget to come back on Thursday where we will be discussing the Hallmark original movie Love Strikes Twice, the fourth of six movies in Hallmark's Fall Harvest series. We are counting down to the start of Countdown to Christmas. Thank you for joining us this week. If you haven't, you know what we would love? We'd love a rating. We'd love a review. It's like pulling teeth, guys. <laughs> I want it so bad. Um, Even if you've left one before, I think you can leave another one, right? Oh, I don't know. But it brings me a lot of joy. And they help us. They're genuinely helpful. And I know there are far more listeners than we have reviews. So lots of you have a little bit of homework. If you'd like, we would appreciate it. And we'll be back on Thursday with another episode. Have a great week, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.